Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Proclamation, 
I laughed along with the grown-ups at the notion of not knowing the exact date of a holiday commemorating the day the last slaves learned they were free. Even my uncle laughed as he explained it. But we know better now. On the other hand, as I grew older, I spent many a New Year's Eve in church attending watch night service instead of partying to ring in the New Year, not understanding until years later that watch night commemorates the expectation of the Emancipation Proclamation by Southern slaves. I know better now, but who's to say which event is more worthy of celebration? Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Mm-hmm. That was a powerful work. Thank you, thank you. So you, so you'd heard about Juneteenth growing up? Yes, and and it's only because of my uncle from Texas. He married my aunt, and he also had Texas friends who lived in Baltimore as well. So that's how we all heard about it, and we all wondered, you know, what is it about? Yes, yes, I sometimes still think the same thing, and here it is, mm-hmm. the day of. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Brian, you're next, my friend. Yes, uh, good evening. Uh, upon hearing the news, I, um, you know, that it became a federal holiday, I kind of had some mixed feelings about it. You know, I I watched Biden uh, sign it uh, into law, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, it just seems to fall short. I wish we could have something more substantial um, mm-hmm. and like uh, reparations. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. Uh, whether that comes in educational grants, monetary, um, you know, advances, or uh, even territory, with all the billions of dollars uh, that flows from this country uh, to others around the world in need, except for the very people who literally built the country and have been worked to death, you know. So I was happy for any reason to celebrate African American culture, but it just left me. It, it's just not enough. You know, and that's just me right. personally, personally speaking. Um, so I will go uh, into a piece called The Tear Collectors um, that uh, speaks about uh, African-American cultures, because basically we all are the tear collectors. <clears throat> the tear collectors. If you stared with venomous glares, clenched your teeth through jaws set in stone, twisted your mouth to hurl spit, to spout hatred, used your fist to pound into flesh, set snarling dogs upon children, and hid under white sheets for newly found courage. If you released your unholy energies upon those who had no refuge, released your unholy marriage of arrogance and unruly law upon the innocent and the virtuous, then yes, you have wreaked fear without remorse, as if there was no divinity in the universe. Remember, we are the children born from ebony and indigo. The reflections of our ancestors' cries, they exist in the midnight of our skins. They are in the skyline of our eyes, dark planets against the moon's eclipse. They are the rhythm flowing in our veins. We are the collectors of their tears the dust of their bodies released into atmospheres and scattered in time. Now no longer are they formless. From their pain we reborn the art of verse. We are the collectors of their tears, yes, all nations and peoples of suffrage born to reside in solidarity. Nay, you shall never taste defeat. We will never, uh, you will never conquer peace. We are the collectors of their tears, and even in your deformity, your foul deeds, we survived and created beauty, a strength unyielding our greatest inheritance. From an ancient people facing life at its worst and horrid death, still do not weep for themselves, but they wept for you. They wept for you and your impending and internal and eternal judgment, for there is a divinity in the universe. Thank you. 
Brian, that was spectacular. Thank you. Thank you, dear brother. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit more about the formation of that particular piece of poetry. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the formation of it, the origin of it? Yes, yes. Uh, um, <clears throat> well, you know, as when, you, when you're growing up and you're an African-American child, most of the history that we learn is is depressing. It's it's sad. You know, there is there is strength in it as we uh, survive this horrid treatment. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, is, it it can be very depressing if you you know allow it to be. And so I started to think, you know, we, we were like the collectors of tears. Uh, the, we always been given bad things and, and and make them better. Whether it's chitlins. They gave us the worst part of the pig. We made it a delicacy, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we get everything bad, and, and but 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 we never give up. We have this resiliency that just won't quit. And so we are the we are the tear collectors. And so I I, I sat down and I wrote that piece based off that. Very nice. Very Thank nice. You. Any thoughts, Jackie? Just wonderful, and it it. Although my poems look at it a different way, they're looking at the same kinds of issues. Yes, indeed. All right. Very well. Yes, I'd like to share a piece now that I wrote 20 years ago, and the title is The Dreamer. I dreamed a world, and it was clear, like it should be, that all the earth was bright and full of remarkable color. Tinged and shaped images danced and laughed gleefully as they watched strife and disappointment give way to harmony and victory throughout the land. I dreamed my life, and it was rich like it should be. Yet the jewels of knowledge passed on to me by my ancestors helped me understand that all worldly possessions are given to us solely on loan, and it was all turned them back in when it's time for us to go on home. I dreamed for my children that they are proud like they should be, self-respecting sons and daughters, descendants of exalted kings and queens, children who are not ashamed to accept their bloodstained roots, affirming their heritage with the same vigor used to embrace drugs, alcohol, and basketball shoes. I dream for us hmm. that we are wise like we should be, intelligent men and women, inheritors of great wisdom cultivating our ancestral homeland, wisdom that survived great oceans and cotton fields to not only stay alive, out our minds, but thrust that whole host of new societal ills, and I dreamed for you, that you are bold like you should be. The struggle has not succumbed to the struggle, and although your back might bend, it does not break. And while your spirit might shake, it does not quake, and I dream for tomorrow. That is a blaze like it should be. A path has been burned through the night to signal away for a future that's crystal clear in the almighty sight. I dreamed a world. Thank you. Wonderful. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Ingram's in the building. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Well, like Dr. King, there are so many of us who are dreamers. Yes. We've got yes, to keep dreaming, and not only dreaming, but moving toward activation. Right. Indeed. That's the critical piece. That's mm-hmm. the critical piece. We have some callers, good people. Wonderful. And I'm going to bring them on right now. How does that sound? Fantastic. All right. Here's the first caller. Area code 703. The first three numbers are 725. You're on the air. Juneteenth. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Hello. Great. Hi. Um, I have a poem entitled, A Target on Your Back. Do you have your first name? It's not Joanne. Okay, Joanne great. Good to meet you. Yes. Welcome, Joanne. Welcome. Hey, fine. Are you ready? Yes, yes, please share. Okay, sorry. A target on your back. It's not 40 lashes anymore. They've upgraded to 22s. A bullet in the back works. In daylight? Why hide the fact? Vacuous anger is their right? Quiet neighborhoods? Perfect. 
It perpetuates the killing game, American history since 1619. It's commonplace nowadays. Each dead black man a prize for extremists who hunt to kill, then lie to hide the murderous fact. Innocent boys lie face down dead. Equality, an illusion when you have a target on your back. Thank you. Wow. Wow. When you have a very, yes. When you have a target on your back, tell us more about the creation of your piece. Um, Well, it basically started last year, probably when all the killings started of the black men. And, um, it just was really very hard to take. You know, your heart bleeds for them and their families and their mothers and their brothers and sisters. And um, it's gone on for a long time. It's maybe changed in the form of how it's done, but, you know, it's gone on for too long. And I think um, there has to be a bridge made and it has to be fixed. It's something that has to stop. Yes. Because it just hurts too many people and kills innocent people. That's very nice. Yes. Brian or Jackie, any comments? Um, it's just an absolutely powerful piece that... It, it targets the problem in this country, and I really appreciate your sharing it tonight with us, Joanne. It's an excellent piece. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, All right. But I, thank you I for thought it, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Brian, you're please. No, I, I just was going to say that what I enjoyed uh, about the piece was empathy, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what we all need in this world, empathy. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank I'll you thank so much you. for calling in. Thank you. Thank All you. All right. Good evening. Thank you. Enjoy the program. Bye. Yes. I will. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have another caller. All right. The first three numbers are 269. The area code in the first three numbers are 270. You're on the air. It's June G. Hi. How's it going? Hello. Can you hear me? Well, yes. Great. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm quite well. And yourself? I can't complain. I'm out swimming at Lake Huron today. Ooh. Oh, wow. Very nice. Very wow, nice. nice. <laughs> Is this Valerie? I have a poem for you. Valerie? Huh? Uh, Katarina. Here. Kat. Oh, Kat. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Please share your poem. Please share your poem. Okay. It's called Mystery and Wind. Whispers of the wind rustling through the air. Mystery had grinned at the secrets they'd share. The wind called a mystery, and mystery replied, Sing a song that's breezy, one where I can hide. Wind then began to blow from the east into the west. Breezes felt, and the wind did show riddles that they guessed. Wind then called the mystery, oh, but once again, this time much more fiercely, asking for its friend. Mystery then responded and said, this time I'll hide you. Go and when prompted, shake whatever I threw. Wind did as mystery asked and began to shake. Things not grounded while it's past, mystery would overtake. Wow. Tell us about the creation of your poem. Um, honestly, I was just sitting at the park with my kids, like I normally do, and Mm -hmm. I just, sometimes, you know, I think, like, I just start writing, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to start writing, and then it just starts coming to me, you know? It's like, I don't know, some days you can do it, some days I can't, you know? But, um, but yeah, I just sat there playing around with it, and I really liked it, yeah. Oh, very nice. Brian, Jackie? It's a wonderful poem, uh, very evocative, um, 
of the nature of wind and the nature of mystery. Very nice. And uh, for me, I, I thought that uh, it was very uh, positive, just like the sound of your voice. Uh, you know, I can tell you're a very positive person, and and that came through with the words. I, I really uh, enjoyed the feeling of the poem. Mm-hmm. You're very nice. Thank you so much. Thank you so, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you too. You guys be careful. Be safe. All right. Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You too. All right. You too. Bye bye. We've got one more caller here. Area code five four zero. The first three numbers are four two nine. You're on the air, Juneteenth. Hello. Hi. Hi, Juneteenth. My name is Marcia. Hello. Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi, this yes. is Marcia. Hey, Marcia, Marcia, how are you? Hi, Marcia. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> it's great to hear your voice. It's good to be here. So Absolutely. my poem is short, and it's called Privilege. Why must we apologize for needing space? Why does that offend you? You are the ocean. We are the lake. You still take up more space. Thank you. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Would you mind reciting it again? Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure. Why must we apologize for needing space? Why does that offend you? You are the ocean. We are the lake. You still take up more space. Mm-hmm. Now that's deep. That it that's is. profound. It is. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the creation of your piece, Marcia. So, interestingly enough, um, I was part of a BIPOC training for six months that was designated for just our people. Um, but of course, there were non BIPOC people there. But it appeared that they were still very offended at the space that we were taking up and the space uh-huh. that we were creating. Um, so just in a moment, I just said, this is just how I feel, but it also, um, was very relevant to another experience that I had last week where I was a part of a creative writing experience and a group of people of color, you know, created like their own kind of space. And it really offended the creators of that space as if we were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it just resonated with me that wherever our people show up, even in its, when spaces are created for us to participate, it still seems like we're taking up too much space and we're mm. not supposed to do that. Mm. So that was basically, it was kind of a twofold thing. It happened in a training and it happened in an experience for creative writers. So it's just the theme of no matter what we do, we still seem like we're taking up too much space, but wow. we're still the minority. Mm-hmm. So wow. That was the impetus behind it. <laughs> That is so true. I mean, I wish I could say, no, 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 that's not the case. But why should I lie? (laughs) Really? I mean, you couldn't say it more eloquently and yet plainly than that. I I applaud your poem. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the space. We welcome yes. and for me, yes. for me, it was the, uh, the the empathy again. You know, we have to make space for each other and understand and love each other. And uh, I know what workshop she was talking about because I was a poet fellow at that event. And the people who did come, uh, people black, brown, white, all, uh, uh, um, Asian, everybody came to that event. And those who bothered to come in, we were rocking. We had some fun. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it went on until about 12.30 or 1 a.m. in the morning because uh, I stayed to the very end. So, but, yeah, empathy, again, we have to, we have to love each other and, and make space for everybody. So wonderful poem, Marcia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Have a great night. All right, Thank thanks. you. Same to you. Bye. All right. Bye. Let's continue this journey. Jackie, you're on. Okay. Um, During this process of figuring out what does Juneteenth mean, I decided to look at the evolution of black holidays. And after I finished writing this poem, I realized that there is a pattern 
in the dates mentioned in it. 
you know, I, I thought I thought it was very informative. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Brian, you got a poem for us? Uh, sure. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just um, have a short intro. Uh, you know, I, my grandfather uh, was from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, got a lot of family in South Carolina, and uh, you know, I'm from Virginia. You know, mm-hmm. matter of fact, they they call me Yankee because I'm as far north as you can be in Northern Virginia. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm barely holding on to my my southern uh, my southern uh, car. My, <laughs> if Don't you forget will. Maryland's below the, the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but um, you know, me and my wife, uh, we were out gardening last week. You know, uh, and while we were planting, and uh, you know, I was lifting stones and making the yard look pretty and whatever, getting those peppers and and uh, herbs together. That, that that heat got hot now, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's, it, you know, I was like, wow, you know, this is kind of tough. And I, and imagine if you had to do this by force, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so yeah. there's a complicated love affair that, that I have with the South, you oh, know. Um, and uh, so the name of this piece is Reflections of Her, the South. She was to me a single drop of cold water brushed along the dry, cracked lips of a tired laborer. She became to me a heavy rain, densely veiled in mist. There was no vision in her storm. She inspired me with her loveliness in dawns and twilights of violet, where birds tweet and crows caw. She ignited within me the anger of raging rivers, leaving and uprooted by her chaos wayside. Yes, I recall, this is how I loved her. She was to me a single seed planted in famine, deep within the rich black soil of the Delta. She preached a ministry of kindness and cruelty and brought to me the sustenance of honey and the sourness of vinegar. She held summer captive in her blush, her lips, her kiss, so I could never settle in a season or time. And this love, born in the death of a rebel's cry upon black backs, cracked in fields, branded and bonded with iron, no longer has grasped, it seems, on souls that are thirsty, longing for peace and serenity. But she leaves behind only faith and tears to quench windpipes covered in thorns, and ashes are still faintly smoldering, making her promises hard to trust. Yet still she lives in my core, so I yield to her beauty. Yes, this is how I cared. She became to me a foregone forever, lost in the handshakes and nods from strangers in small towns. She became to me lifetimes lost with the loyalty and betrayal of the stars and bars of Dixie. Come, sit a spell. She will lull you to sleep and seduce you. She will become one with you. Yes, I recall. This is how I loved her. And by her, I mean the South. Thank you. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's a lyrical. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm still processing. I'm still processing. <laughs> it is it is it is a complicated relationship. It, uh, yeah. it really is, and, I, and I'm and I'm honest enough to to say it. I, I you know, um, you know, hey, I'm a southerner. I, I, I tell it like it yes. is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and that's important to speak your truth. Absolutely, indeed. Well, what I'd like to do is to share a piece that was proclaimed as the official poem of Juneteenth. Hey. Um, <laughs> it was found on the website Juneteenth.com. Hmm. The author's name, the poet's name is Christina Kay, and the piece is titled We Rose. Okay. We rose. From Africa's heart we rose. Already a people, our face ebon, our bodies lean, we rose. Skill of art, life, beauty, and family, crushed by forces we knew nothing of, we rose. Survived we must, we did. We rose. 
We rose to be you. We rose to be me. Above everything expected, we rose. To become the knowledge we never knew, we rose. Dream, we did. Act, we must. That's the official poem of Juneteenth. Mm. It's powerful Mm. piece. Why do we have to rise? Why couldn't we just walk in? <laughs> because we have been pushed down <laughs> so many times, so far down that we I, 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 continually I think something, rise. Something was wrong with the invitation. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we got lost in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. some of the slave slavery stories mm-hmm. and this young man said that he was promised apples and to get on the boat promised apples and oranges and told that when he was going to go to a new land that it would be mm-hmm. wonderful mm. then they took him wow promised wow. all these wonders and then they took yep. him Short on delivery. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you ready, Jackie? Yes, I am. Uh, this is the third of my brand new poems, and this one I got a little inspiration from Lucille Clifton, who uh, I've been studying this year, and I just uh, did another study last weekend with the um, – Eastern Shore Writers Association in Maryland. So this is my coming to, not to grips, acceptance of Juneteenth. Title is Let Us Now Celebrate Freedom. Let us now celebrate freedom with Richie Haven's raspy refrain repeating, Freedom! Freedom, 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 backed fiercely by his acoustic guitar, even with a broken string, sound echoing over the muddy fields of Woodstock. Let us now celebrate freedom with Bob Marley's redemption song, cool voice crooning over rocking Rasta beat. All I ever had Redemption songs, these songs of freedom, songs of freedom. Let us now celebrate freedom with the old spiritual, sung with southern drawl. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Let us now celebrate. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Thank you. Wow. Mm. Yes. It was touching, touching, Jackie. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, in the poetry world, uh, when someone says a particularly powerful poem, all you can say is, mm. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, she prepared the meal. We got to, we got to do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jack, can you put your foot in that one, Jack? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> now, now, I know the listening audience is thinking, like, mac and cheese. She put her foot in that. <laughs> That's the highest praise. Absolutely. (laughs) Everybody's invited to the cookout. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian. You're all my friend. Okay, you know, uh, hey, I I love all people. You know, um, I I really do. Uh, uh, I love my people, but as I said many times, Dr. Michael, you know, I. Being a human being and child of God is my first priority, you know, before I'm black, yes. before I'm a man, before any of all that, you know. But I do yes. love my people, and uh, so I like to have fun. And uh, 
I'm a I'm a read uh, Sweet Tones, Somber Tones is one of my oldest pieces. I wrote it when I was 14 years old, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I just love the piece and I love reading it. So I'll share it with you now. Sweet Tones, Somber Tones. Sweet Tones, Somber Tones in the night sky. See. Me all alone with this here old horn is my only ally. But I'm feeling good, feeling jazzy, playing up a storm. People hearing my sound, now they're coming in to get warm. Head swings slowly, sort of side to side. Finger snapping, and I'm filled with pride. Because I'm entertaining my people in the chocolate city. I got my eye on that dark-skinned girl looking pretty. Fever running, running wild. And this old woman say, go ahead, play it, child. Ain't no worry, just dancing and fun. See, what nothing like this when the night begun. Yeah, these my peoples, jam-packing the place. You see, I'm proud of my culture and I'm proud of my race. And I'm giving them back something for what they gave me. And I'm loving every minute, playing this old horn real jazzy. Short hair. Cornrows, scarves, and braids Going out into the cold night As all the fun fades Sweet tones Somber tones In the night sky See me all alone With this here old horn As my only ally Thank you Wow (laughs) You were only 14 When you wrote that (laughs) Yeah you know what I'm, 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 it's not about like self-promotion or whatever. I give all praise to the creator, right? Yeah. But yes. I won my first contest with that piece. All right. And it, and it took them two months to give me my prize because they said that I took it. Yeah, two months because they said they had to verify. Say I took it from Langston Hughes. Uh-huh. And, yeah, they kept saying, that's Langston Hughes. You ain't, you ain't. Oh, like that, my. You, you didn't do that, boy. <laughs> <laughs> And you held on to it all these years, man. I, I, oh yeah, I still that that thing got published last year. I, it's been published about forty times. Mm-hmm. You know, I really love that thing. That's my most successful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, That's one of the contests and everything like that. But again, yes. it ain't it ain't me. I, I give all praise to the creator on that one. But I, I do understand yeah, that. That one felt good, right? I, I hope you enjoyed yeah. listening. Absolutely, yes, it. It was wonderful. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. I'd like to recite a piece that I wrote again some years ago, and the title is Black Atlas Shrugged Again. Mm. Black Atlas Shrugged Again. For they had made him a world and forced him to carry it on his back. They thought it would break him, silence him, and weaken him. Because he had been colonized to not question, bastardized to destroy family and kindred affections, and subsidized to ensure that he did not make the connection, Black Atlas shrugged again. For they had made him a world and forced him to carry it on his back, a world where marginalization and fear permeated the air, stifling his creativity, suffocating his sense of humanity, channeling his energies in directions that exhausted his existence and made him deny the majesty of his ancestral existence, Black Atlas shrugged again. For they had made him a world and forced him to carry it on his back, a world that created a codependence and made made him feel as if he could not live without assistance. Black Atlas shrugged again. For they had made him a world and forced him to carry it on his back. Yet like a coat that does not fit. One day he lifted it off his back and held it above his head, for their world was not big enough to contain his mind, was not strong enough to break his back, was not proud enough to possess his spirit. And like a toy tossed unconcernedly from a small child's hand, he dropped their world to the ground beneath his feet. And from the debris that reeked of indignity, he reached down and created his own world, a world made from the rich, sweet-smelling clay found on the shores of West Africa and in the depths of the Atlantic Ocean, dark clay that told the story of separation from the motherland, the Middle Passage, and the sands of a foreign land. You see, he made his own world, fashioned from the soul of Martin, the song of Billy, and the style of Lang- a world that embraced his color and gave him the strength and resilience to uplift both his sister and his brother. Black Atlas shrugged no longer, for he had made his own world. And he lifted it above his head and he said, See, God, see, God, it is as you said it should be. Mm. 
Wow. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that is deep. Thank Red, you, wonderful. Dr. Ingram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very well read. <laughs> I was feeling that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I love you, <laughs> Absolutely, doctor. <laughs> Ain't nothing but the truth now. That's all yeah. we do. Oh, it's yep. all right. That's, That's all, all right. we do on the Dr. Michael Ingram show. Straight truth. <laughs> <laughs> We have time for one more round. And, uh, Jackie, do you have one more for us? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm trying to decide whether to go pleasant or (laughs) preach again. (laughs) And I think I'm going to take it back to preaching one more time. All right. Uh, And I'll tell you why, because, you you know, the the three of us know that this this day, this holiday is nice, but there's still so much wrong in today's world. Amen. And, of course, what is wrong is racism. Mm. And so this poem I wrote in April of this year after a conversation with some friends of different stripes, it's called There is Only One Racism. The word racism wasn't created until the dawn of the 20th century. The act of racism has been continuous since 1619. Modern racism does not exist. There is only one racism. The concept remains the same. Only the weapons have changed, and even those not so much. 17th to 19th century. Ship cargo holds, whips, chains, arson, beatings, Dragging, fists, ropes, rape, sticks. 19th to 21st century. Whips, chains, arson, automobiles, beatings, dragging, firebombs, fire hoses, fists, guns, knees on necks, ropes, rape, spitting, sticks. We didn't ask to come here. You filled the bowels of your huge wooden ships with our black bodies, laid supine, row upon row like slaughtered meat. You beat out of our minds our homes, our families, our tongues, our lives, just so you could have what? Beasts of burden to do your dirty work, to satisfy your lust, to signify your might, to justify your power, And for that, we should be what? Compliant, grateful, obedient, obsequious? None of this was enough. Is this blind hatred, inferiority masquerading as superiority? How do we break this Gordian knot? Thank you, and before I let go, I almost got put out of Facebook for making the point, is blind hatred inferiority masquerading as superiority? I said it in different words, but there you have it. You, wait a minute, you almost got put out of Facebook. Facebook, because I made a comment yes. that dared to say that white folks aren't, aren't as whatever as they think they are, and I got a warning I almost mm. lost my account. Oh, my so, God. So that's the state of the world we still live in, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, we have to be able to tell uh, the truth, mm-hmm. even if it hurts, because that's the only way that we're going to get better. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the only way that we can 
progress as a country is if all people come together. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. That, Believe that is, you me, I agree I, with that. I know, I, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, as you said, we must be able to have those conversations without being threatened or warned. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how are we going to, you know, we, 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 you know. But but we're we're all in it together. We really have to pull oh, together yes. to make a better world. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian, you've got one more for us, my friend? Uh, you know, I do, but uh, since time is running short, <clears throat> I was hoping that I could request my favorite poem from you. And you know, <laughs> if you have it ready, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what you like want to hear it. I'll, can, can you grace, can you grace like us with it? I'll do two. All right. Okay. Okay. And the, the second one will be Shelling Beans. Wonderful. But I want to share this one because I think it, it 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 fits in line with what Jackie was saying in her piece, and with based on her experience. Mm. And the title is My Mother and My Father. Mm. My mother never loved my father. My father never loved my mother. Their relationship was abusive. From the start, entered against her will, her beauty polluted, he was forceful, taking, robbing, raping, her spirit faded into ghostly shadows, ghastly and fearing and so achingly alone. No friends anymore, no family or place to call her home. Her dignity was like a dry dungeon, abandoned, to which she told her she would never return. His violence was an ocean ebb and flow, an endless source, unpredictable, slow, quick, and mocking. He called her ugly in front of his friends. They laughed and called her ugly, too. He was a master of humiliation, and she did not know what to do. His lust was unimaginable, raging jealousy and possessiveness. He knew of her hatred and how his touch was despised. Cold fingers, cold manhood. At night in the darkness, he rejoiced whenever she cried or pleaded, please, no more perversion. His insatiable appetite to assault her extended to his friends, friends who used her to no end. Please stop. I can't take it. Please, I'm dying. He said, pity for you, victim. We have none, and we'll defile you beyond the rising sun. You could have walked through an open door, but the way is shut, and now you must stay tough. So he was vigilant, watching, gauging, Guessing, when she tried to escape seeking north of his grip, he was a man scared and ugly with each passing sin, and there was no way to remember them all. Yet despite it all, she was still majestic of noble character and determination. The ability she had to nurture us to be courageous children, now as men and women, despite our violent roots, we know somewhat of the truth. I am a child of an abusive relationship. My father's name is America. My mother's name is Africa. Woo. Lord have mercy. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank so, you. So many levels. I can't mm-hmm. even. <laughs> wow. Well done, sir. Man, you know I talk a lot, yeah, I'm but I'm speechless. I don't know, Miss Jackie. You want to go first on that? Uh, no. That's that. That's it. It's time for me to go home. Says, <laughs> no, not really, the, the, but that, that was mic, it. That was it. The mic is dropped. <laughs> but, but, but wait a minute. Yeah. Now. I, I got I to gotta hear, hear that next poem, Dr. Because yeah. uh, okay. I, I got to hear that. I got to hear that. I was going to try yeah. to contemplate whether I want to do that live or on Memorex. Uh, I think I'm going to do the, the – I think I'll do it live. I think I'll do it live. Okay. Okay, dear brother. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my mother never loved my father. Mm. Hold on one second. Let me find it. Okay, here we go. I wrote this piece some time ago after a trip home to North Carolina to visit my mom and my dad. When I arrived, my mom asked me to shell some beans for her, but I thought to myself, Ma, I'm trying to finish up a doctoral degree. I don't shell beans anymore. But I also thought all the time she had shell beans for me without question, why could I do the same thing for her? 
So the piece is titled mm. Shelling Things and the Message is Universal. And here we go. <laughs> In a small southern town, not too far from the one that you no longer claim, I recently visited my mama. I needed to get away from the maddening crowd. The boats were talking aloud that I am no longer what I once was. I left that back there just because. I needed to see her face. Behold, the originator of a race. I need to let my mama know that her son was truly on the go. You see, in the grand scheme of life, mine was clear without strife. Had overcome that small-town mentality. Embraced big city formality. As a giant among men, degreed and all too big to fall. I want to let my mama know that I had become all that and more. In the kitchen, there she sat. Big, beautiful, black, and fat, smiling from ear to ear. Her baby was home too long, had he been gone. God said, to come, old cousin, as he snickered. You see some of her boys went, yeah. So jealousy off-time flickered. Mama said in a loud voice, I proclaimed, For you, the world I've tamed. I'm bigger than big, bolder than bold. When I walk, my way is paved with silver and gold. So ask me, Mama, about the places I've been and the people I've seen. You need some money. Here's yours. My pockets are filled with green. Come, son, she said, and her voice both nice and sweet. Come sit here at the table and help your mama while she's still able. Child, what a day I've seen. Grab that sack and help shell these beans. Mama said with an incredulous voice, I came back here by choice. I've been out walking with kings and queens. I don't remember nothing about shelling beans. You see, shelling beans is for the common man. I gave that up when I left the land. So ask me, mama, about my plate of riches. You need a new dress? I'll buy you one laid out with gold stitches. She looked at me in her wise old way. Although I did not know exactly what she would say, I knew that it would contain the wisdom of the ages. You see, she lived a good life, therefore her life book was full of pages. She said, son, don't you ever forget, no matter how big you get, that life's about more than being able to walk with kings and queens. Life's about remembering how to do the common and simple things like shelling beans. You see, shelling beans is a time on a task, and if you don't remember how, then I should have never asked. For it means you've forgotten that true wealth comes from the fruit of the earth. But many place else, what is this real worth? So, my son, tell me your story. Is it only of the riches and the glory? Was it also about remembering how to do the common and simple things like shelling beans in addition to all that you've seen? Hmm. Mama said in a sheepish voice that trembled but not by choice. I do remember, I do remember. So I grabbed that sack and helped shell those beans, and we shelled went on like ours, it seemed. But on that day, I did not mind shelling beans because I shelled them at the feet of a queen. Amen. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Y'all didn't know, but I dropped the phone one time. I got so tired of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had to pull out a James Brown and pick that phone up quick off the floor. I can only, you know, Doc, that's one of my top five poems of all time, of all the poems oh, well, I that I, and writers. I, I just love it because it, it just, you know, we have to stay humble, man, humble, humble, yeah. humbleness, yes. no matter how big yes. you get. And uh, I'm so proud of you, you know, coming from the South. Oh, I appreciate that. The degrees and being a doctor, teaching at universities and things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mama tell you, you still going to have to shut these beans, though. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. We used to call it shucking. We used to call it shucking peas. <laughs> yeah, shucking peas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shucking those peas. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. And why And why oh, did you write that you. piece, Dr. Uh, Dr. Oh. Ingram? I'm going to tell you. What, what, what inspired you to write? <laughs> I had traveled home to North Carolina to visit my parents, and I was sitting on the front porch shelling some beans for her. Mm. And I was sat there, and I thought, you know, I need to write a poem about this. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. There was a big pot in front of me and all those beans. Mm-hmm. And I was in school. I was in school, like I said. And so I, I wrote it. Mm. I wrote it in a day, and I probably recited that poem. 500 to 1,000 times now. Wow. Wow. And 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 I think it ties into the theme of tonight as well, that Juneteenth is going to be about us continuing to shell beans with each other because we're not Mm. there yet. That's right. There's still a long way to go. There's still a long way to go. Yes, absolutely. Right. Well, I would like to thank you both for being my co-host tonight. I think it's been an incredible program. <laughs> you don't need a hundred people. 
<laughs> you just need a few good ones. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm getting messages from people say they was calling, they couldn't get through. So uh, oh, wow. I'm sure we have a lot of yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot, a lot of listeners tonight. But go ahead, well, doctor. Right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Jackie. Thank you so much. Your work is incredible as usual. You're so thank elegant. you so much. It's this is a wonderful eloquent. space. Thank you so yes. much for providing. Yes, it. yes. And thank Brian, what can I say about you? What can I say about oh. you, Brian? I'm just a, I'm just a little southern boy. I ain't. <laughs> yeah, right. I ain't. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, hey, I write I, I write a little bit. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you write a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. Just a little taste. Some yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> to both of you, good night. To our listening audience, good night. Celebrate Juneteenth, not just on June 19th, but celebrate it every day. There's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of work to be done. So thanks again to our listeners. Everyone be safe, and as I share every week, let poetry ring. Take care, everybody. You have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.